Hello and welcome to the Fitness Lifestyle Podcast. I am your host, Coach Danny G. And in this episode, we're going to talk about some stress management strategies on how to help you wind down from a busy day or even utilize them during the day to help manage some stress. To kick it off, let's look at the different nervous systems that are in the body. So first of all, we've got the autonomic nervous system, which is in charge of anything that you can imagine would be automatic, things like breathing um, and your, your blood pumping and circulating through your body without you having to think about your heart pumping. Um, things like that, digestion, it just, it runs all of the, the basic functions that you need to stay alive, um, which, uh, isn't necessarily the, the main topic of today, but still, still matters to, to point it out. But the two that are of the topic today, the two main ones are your sympathetic nervous system and your parasympathetic nervous system. Oftentimes these get boiled down into the... Uh, fight or flight response systems and your rest and digest system. So both carry out very important functions and you need both to stay alive. In the type of world that we live in right now where there's a lot of incoming stimuli and uh, things that are on our plate and things that we just need to be able to pay attention to, we get overloaded sometimes and uh, our stress response is heavily linked to how we manage these two systems and how we manage stress, obviously. So let's first of all talk about the sympathetic nervous system and what it does. Like I said, it boils down to the fight or flight response. However, um, there is more to it because obviously if you are in a fight or flight situation. There's a bunch of physiological things that happen like pumping out adrenaline so that you can um, basically fight or flight. Um, however, now in, in today's world, we don't typically have that situation where we're running from a peak predator or something else. It's typically induced by uh, something that we're thinking about heavily or something that is uh, endangering our sense of well-being, worth, or even just somebody's response or opinion of us. So a lot of those nervous system or a lot of the physiological stuff that happens, such as like pumping more blood to the big muscle groups so that you can either run or fight, um, things like uh reducing the ability to uh, digest if you just had lunch or something like that. Um, you, you don't need to be trying to digest while running for your life in theory. Uh, and so it just transitions how your body is reacting to that stimulus and it, it is trying to help you stay alive for survival. That is what our body is meant for. But our sense of survival has shifted. I digress. But the other side of this is the parasympathetic nervous system. And this is meant for those moments where you are trying to slow down, rest and digest. It's you're, You don't need to, to signal blood flow to go to the big muscle groups. You want it to go to the, to the organs that are trying to help you digest so that you can um, recover from whatever activity you are doing. Now, in the parasympathetic state, this is our, our ability to 
calm down and sort of relax from a day or from uh, trying to to go and provide for our families and the stress that comes along with that. Now, like I've said, we live in a different world than we did uh, a thousand or two years ago, and we're no longer just trying to survive or hunt and uh, scavenge to survive. We have a myriad of different things that we have put on our plates and, and not literally, but figuratively. Uh, we have a ton of things that we've, we've opted into, be it work or family or extracurriculars, whatever those are. Each of them comes with a level of stress, whether it is something that we want to do, like I've said in a previous episode, it provides us a sense of you stress, meaning good stress that helps us grow and helps us enjoy and, and feel a sense of fulfillment. Whereas some of the other stuff um, that we bring into our lives can cause distress, which again, takes its toll on us. Now, a lot of people will think that too much sympathetic nervous system and too much distress is a bad thing. And while I would agree, however, there needs to be more context surrounding that. The way that your body functions, it tries to recover and it tries to reach a homeostatic balance, meaning that it's trying to always come back to neutral. Um, Without going super deep into the physiology, um, whatever you are trying to or whatever you're doing in a day or if you're drinking coffee, your body has to account for that. So there's a bunch of different things that your body does to try and maintain homeostasis. The same thing is true for stress and uh, stress management, because if you have a highly stressful job or something like that, you also need to be able to balance that or uh, recover from that high stress in order to be able to do that for long term. Now, if you're just doing something for a very short term, um, it's okay you will recover over time, but it does take a lot longer. There's always something that is going to be compromised when you're doing something for a prolonged period of time and not enough recovery. All that to say, without some level of recovery, you are not going to be able to perform at that high level, whether that's stress or, or training or work or training related, you need to be able to recover from that. And that is where the parasympathetic nervous system comes in to allow us to actually recover from that major stressor from our day-to-day or from our stressful situation. So all of that jargon aside, uh, the the basic uh, takeaway that I'm trying to get at is that there are two systems in place. One is to basically help you fight or flight, but also it is a byproduct of what our fight and flight response is now in a modern world, uh, be it constant notifications or work or family related in some cases. Um, but also there's the, the balancing act of the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the one that allows us to recover and handle some of the, the workload that we put onto our system. And so just make sure that you have some level of balance or some level of uh, a combination of these. So now I want to talk about the different strategies that I like to use with clients and myself for that fact when it comes to handling a stressful situation. And the first one that I want to talk about that I think is valuable not only in this context, but with 
nutrition habits or behavior change in general. And this tool and strategy is called Notice and Name. And it refers to the ability to, when you're in a stressful situation, when you find yourself in that space, you want to stop for a second. You want to notice what you're feeling, what you're thinking, and the situation around you. And you want to physically name what's happening, be it your behavior or uh, what is happening to you. And this just allows you to sort of process what is going on and what you're feeling versus just handling that situation impulsively or sort of reacting to a situation that you may later regret. So an example of this, uh, and I'll use the context of, of nutrition decision-making um, because it's the one that I struggle with the most, but the notice and name strategy is super beneficial when uh, I personally am having a hunger craving and I, instead of just walking to the fridge or the freezer and just sort of grabbing whatever I feel is going to be delicious in that moment, I have to stop and I have to notice what I'm doing. A, I have now... I have stood up from my chair, I have made it to the fridge, uh, however benotes to me, and now I have to make the decision of, uh, like, am I going to just mindlessly consume whatever delicious treat I found, or am I going to stop and notice what I've done? So that's step number one, notice that I have started this behavior, and I have to name that behavior, or name what is going on, and so that in that scenario, it would be, okay, I'm either bored or I'm, am I bored or am I actually hungry? That is really the question that you want to ask. And then you can say, you can name it. Okay, I'm bored. Well, do that. Then do I need this treat or am I just eating because I'm bored? And then it just allows you to create a bit of space in between your craving, your reaction, and then your decision. So it just allows a bit of time to happen so that you can actually uh, take your impulse out of the equation and utilize your actual cognitive function, your ability to d make a decision into this scenario. Another tool is the ability to create space between uh, reaction and decision or reaction and response. Another tool or another strategy that I use is called creating space for letting a reaction or an impulse turn into a response. Now, the distinction that I, I make there is a reaction doesn't consider any level of decision-making or cognitive function. It's just an impulse. It's a reaction. It just happens without you really thinking about it. A response is something that requires some cognitive function. It requires some decision-making and thought put into it before an action is then performed afterwards. In a stressful situation, this is hugely impactful for me personally, so I don't say something that I may regret later. Um, it allows me to think about what I'm feeling and in the span of 10 seconds, respond without just reacting and in most cases overreacting or getting defensive or whatever the scenario is. But I find myself... Uh, needing to create a bit of space so that some time has elapsed and 10 seconds is honestly more than enough time in most cases, but just allowing some time to actually happen and allowing yourself to then ask yourself the question of like, okay, what am I feeling? Why do I feel this way? And what am I going to do about it? And then 
coming up with a, a game plan, whether you have time to actually come up with a game plan. Usually it's just to respond to whatever has been said or put in your immediate direction. So that's one of the strategies that I really like is just creating space. And it's so versatile, it, it, it plays into uh, the next one, which is reframing. So there, there's a TED Talk by Kelly McGonigal. The, the title of it is How to, Make Your St- How to Make Stress Your Friend. And I'm going to link this in the in the description because I feel like this is super impactful and it helped me uh, clarify some stuff when I first listened to it. And then years later, when I actually like watched and listened to it again, I was like, oh, yep, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. Granted, uh, a few years had happened or a few years had elapsed and I had taken a few courses on stress and stress management. Next, I want to talk about reframing. And this is a useful strategy when it comes to your overall perception of stress or of a stressful situation. But if you are able to think about stress as a motivator or as a growth indicator, meaning you're in a stressful situation, that means that you are working towards something that is valuable or you're able to to learn something from it or grow from it. That is reframing your your perception around stress as a whole. I listened to a phenomenal TED Talk by Kelly McGonigal uh, years ago. It was 2013 when it actually came out. And uh, I listened to it and it was, a, it was a phenomenal resource for just perception around stress and what stress can do, but also how you can turn it into your friend, which is the topic of the, the TED Talk. I highly recommend it. I, I'll link it down below and I highly encourage you to, to look at it because it explains this point better than I could ever. But the idea is that if you're able to change your perception around a given topic or around a given scenario, um, your your perception of that situation or scenario will be uh, significantly improved. And of course, it takes practice and it takes time. But um, yeah, just go watch the TED Talk. It's super valuable. The last thing I want to talk about are strategies for winding down from a stressful day or from a, uh, a busy work day, or busy work week um, that uh, I have used mainly in the context of trying to get a better sleep. So I wind down from my day, I am able to to fall asleep pretty easily, sort of the opposite of what a warm up or a winding up would be from uh, waking up from sleep to drinking coffee to then getting to work and being productive. Sometimes Uh, (laughs) this is the opposite. It's taking you from going from zero to 100 for your day and then down back to zero again. So uh, some of these that I've used over the, the past few years are things like drawing, just the physical act of putting a pencil or a pen to paper uh, and trying to be creative um, has helped me. Now, I am not a phenomenal artist, and so this one doesn't provide me a ton of joy uh, or anything like that, but uh, the same could be said for for painting. I know a few clients that uh, have that creative artistic side, and they love painting, and it helps them sort of wind down from from a stressful day, but also sort of provides a sense of fulfillment and um, uh, it's just fun for them. So painting's another one just like that. But doing something like a puzzle as well just allows for your brain to process something that isn't, uh, first of all, in front of a screen, but um, you're also trying to solve something, which there's a, a ton of good 
that happens when you're trying to solve a puzzle or a problem. I personally love to read right before bed because it just, uh, <laughs> I remember studying for a psychology exam and I literally fell asleep on my textbook. Um, and uh, that wasn't a great scenario, but <laughs> for the exam, however, uh, I had a phenomenal sleep. And so I just find that reading just puts me down a few notches and I can sleep really, really well and fall asleep pretty quick when I, when I read right before bed. Some people, this does the opposite. It sort of winds them back up because they can't stop reading. Um, and I understand that, but uh, you got to figure out what is going to work for you. The last one that I want to talk about and uh, I have found to be extremely beneficial to me is journaling. And I want to sort of put an asterisk beside this one because journaling in the traditional sense of long form writing down your thoughts, feelings or ideas, I've done I don't know how many different times and haven't had great effect with it because I do it for like two or three days and then I'm like, ah, I forget or it takes too long and so I stop. And I just don't get to the point where I build the habit and there isn't enough motivation for me to stick with it. Um, however, uh, this past year or late 2019, uh, a friend got me on to what is called bullet journaling. And the uh, the benefit or the the difference that this made for me was the ability to take large amounts of information and boil it down to bullet forms or bullet points. And uh, that way, when I go back and look at it, um, it's in an easier to consume format. And it's also like, it's a cue for when I look back on January 16th, what was I doing? And I can kind of think about how that day went or what, what actually happened during that day, whether it was work or weekend. There's a ton of flexibility with bullet journaling, and I highly recommend you check it out. It, I'll, I'll link the website down below uh, and the YouTube video for the basic format of how to do it. It takes four minutes to explain. I read the book and, and watched a bunch of different YouTube videos and um, sort of wrapped my head around this idea because I found it so intriguing that you could sort of combine a daily practice with uh, sort of a to-do list, but also um, <laughs> allowing you to write down some thoughts and ideas. And it's you can also use it as a project management tool as well. Um, but the at the base of it all, being able to put pen to paper just helps sort of debrief my brain from the, the day and uh, allows me to just sort of get some of the ideas out of my brain. And so I don't have these little butterflies swirling around and I'm not constantly thinking about them. I'm allowed to then write them down and now I have them stored and now I don't have to think about them anymore because we've all been in that situation where we're like, oh, I need to remember what that thing I was supposed to do was. <laughs> what was it? And you've been thinking about it for a week, but you didn't write it down and so now you've kind of forgot about it until weeks, months, years later, you remember um, <laughs> in a drastic scenario. But... The main idea is it's just meant to be short form. It's quick to do. And uh, so far I've been able to do it. Um, I started in December and I'm, I still am doing it today. Um, even with a few like four day 
few day lapses where I don't write anything down, but then I, I go back and I sort of recap what happened during those days and I start right back up because I feel like it's better to, to do that than to just stop in general because it's quote unquote not working. Clearly there's benefit there and clearly it's working for me. For other people, long form journaling is hugely beneficial, uh, writing down your thoughts, feelings, and what happened during that day. It's great for a lot of people to decompress, but for me, it's just allowed me to get stuff out of my brain and on paper, and then I can look at it again later when I'm not when I'm not tired or full of other stuff. It just allows me to sort of download all of these things onto a onto a page and move on with my life. All of these examples are screen free, meaning that there's no <laughs> extra blue light coming into our eyes, which then prolongs sleep. Like I was saying, I use these right before sleep pr primarily, but I find that being screen free, especially that half hour to an hour before bed is ideal. If you can even do more, it's going to help your sleep significantly more as well. But, um, I find that these just help, like I said, on the last point with journaling, it just sort of takes my brain into a different way or into a different place and either allows some creativity or some, some thought process to come out that necessarily won't happen when I'm sitting in on the couch watching TV or doing something else mindless. And all of these examples are, or could be even used as a mindfulness practice. Um, journaling can be used in that way as well, just as a debrief of the day, but also just sort of looking deeper into what was happening, what your thoughts were. And uh, it, again, it just helps build on creating a bit of space and allowing some further thought into your day to day. Whereas oftentimes people just sort of live their life haphazardly or they just go from work to home to work to home and they don't really think about what what their actions and behaviors are doing so it just provides a little bit of extra insight and thought behind why you live your life and or why and how you live your life but also um, what your actions mean so without going further into the rabbit hole of uh, finding meaning in your life um, <laughs> we'll leave it there but those are the strategies that I have used in the past to great effect, but I still use to this day because they are super impactful on my stress response and how I manage stress. And I know that they're helpful for, for others because I've used them with clients, but at the same point, they're just sort of good practices to have when you're uh, sort of in a situation that you feel like you may not have the control that you wish um, or just are looking to, to manage your symptoms better and manage your stress better. So I truly hope that this helps. I want to thank you a ton for, for downloading and listening to this episode. I can't thank you enough. This has been uh, an adventure to say the very least. Um, I'm trying to get episodes out every Wednesday. And uh, if you'd like to get a notification or an email in your inbox, uh, just go check out the website at fitnesslifestyle.ca and you can click podcast or fitnesslifestyle.ca slash podcast and uh, you'll see a, a little sign in or a, an opt in there for uh, putting your email in and I will send you an email every Wednesday with uh, a little bit of a summary as to what the episode's about and uh, just some ongoing stuff that uh, I'd like to add in as as we go but 
That is also where I will be doing um, any exclusive deals that I've either come across or that I've used in the past, things that I use and I've found helpful and I think will be helpful for other people. Uh, that is where I'm going to be sharing them. And uh, it's just going to be the the direct line to me if you have questions or comments or things that you want to uh, dive, have me dive deeper on. So uh, sign up for the newsletter and uh, yeah, I hope to see you in there. And I, once again, just thank you a ton for listening to the episode. Hope that you got a ton of value out of it. And uh, I will chat with you in the next one next Wednesday. Have a phenomenal week, day, month, whatever you're in. And uh, I'll catch you in the next one.